Welcome to the Christ and All podcast. My name is Taylor Easley. Today, we will continue a series that Pastor Chad began in October of last year, Cultures. So far, we have discussed the French, Chadian, Ugandan, and Israeli cultures, which are always available for you to go back and listen to. But today, we will be digging into the Vietnamese culture with a special guest who knows a little more about it than us. No, no question. <laughs> As always, though, I have Pastor Chad Hunsberger with me. How are you, Chad? I'm doing great. Great. All is well. Will you introduce our guest for Yeah, today? absolutely. We have Tam Nguyen. How are you doing today, Tam? I'm good. Good, good. Thanks good. for having me. Yeah. Um, I'm so thrilled to have you here with us. This is what's kind of cool is... Tam kind of said yes to this without even knowing what he was saying yes to. Uh, kind of walking into church one Sunday, I think, and I just said, hey, I think I've got this thing I'd like you to be a part of. Will you do it? And he was like, yeah, sure. Just tell me what it is. That's brave, <laughs> So that was. So I, I was super thankful. Uh, yeah, Tam, tell me a little bit about because So you're a member here at Colonial Heights, but how long have you been here? Uh, how did you get here? That kind of thing. So I've been a member of Colonial Heights for I would say about 22 years. Wow, yeah. Maybe, maybe even 23. So I've been in America for about 24 years. Okay. I uh, came in 1998, um, and uh, I think around 99, 2000 is when I joined Colonial Heights. That's when we were at the uh, old campus yeah. off of Old Canton. Yeah, um, yeah. So I did not realize it had been that long. See, these are the things I'm <laughs> glad to know. Mm-hmm. So, so did, uh, did your parents joined? Did you join by yourself? Like, how did that, when you moved here, what was that like? So when I moved here, it was a cultural shock, for sure. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, adjusting to a new country and learning the, the language and everything. I did not know English when I, okay. when I came here. I was about 10 or 11. Um, so I, I started at, at fifth grade, and then I finished fifth grade, sixth grade, between the summer of fifth and sixth, when I, uh, my aunt actually took me to Colonial Heights, and she... Funny story, she used to work as a daycare worker at the yeah, Oklahoma Heights. Yeah. Um, met Miss Barbara Brown yeah. back in the day. And so um, so I finished fifth grade, and then sixth grade is when I thought I was fluent in English. I got a little comfortable and um, wasn't doing too hot in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my aunt was like, it's good to, maybe it's a good idea to bring you to church. Yeah. So, so she brought me to church. Um, yeah. And the first Sunday, I remember this, I um, I got there, and we used to do where you greet people in the middle of the service. Yeah, sure. I thought when you get up and greet people, it's been the service over. So I was about to leave. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm done. This is <laughs> right, great. You know, it's like a short service. You know, you, you sing the song or two, and then um, you get up, you greet people. And I thought, hey, you get up, and you say, hey, and you're about to leave. And everybody starts sitting back down. I was like, oh. Maybe I need to sit back down. <laughs> so, um, so that was my introduction to church. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so tell me a little bit about like even your background. You said introduction to was it your introduction to church at all, or just to Colonial Heights? To church period. Yeah. So your aunt brought you here, um, but you moved here with your parents. My mom. Yes, your mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, yeah. Tell us about your immediate family now. Okay. Uh, I know you're. I know some of this, but not everybody else might. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So um, my wife and I, Heather, when I had have the day was when we've been married for about ten years. Yeah. Um, and we have three kids: two little boys and one little girl, uh, eight, six, and about to be three. Yeah. Um, we met at Colonial. I was Heights. about to say, y'all met here, uh, didn't we you? Met, yeah. We were in the uh, singles ministry together. 
um, when Drew McDonald used to lead that back in the day, uh-huh. the old annex that we had there. Um, and so we we met, and um, I guess the rest is history. I asked, I asked her out to, to lunch um, one day because I found out she used to work in Skelly and I, I work at Blue Cross, and we're kind of close to each other, so we met. Um, and kind of a funny story, the, our first date, I, we went to mugshots um, on Lakeland there, and I did not know that she has the celiac disease. Oh, so yeah. Was, you know, gluten sensitive. And so I had no idea what that was. Yeah. And, you know, back then that was not very um, big at the time. So I, I'd order dessert, like a, not dessert, uh, appetizer, um, some chicken wing or something. It was, yeah. br- it was breaded. Yeah. Um, and I offered her some and she didn't eat it. So I was like, it's kind of weird. But um, <laughs> then I found out later that, that she was allergic to it. And, um, you know, we kind of laugh about it now, but I was like, yeah, I try to kill you my first day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's not a good start. Not, not a, good, a start. good start. Not a good start. That's so, right. Um, yeah, but she stayed with you. She, she did. Yeah, so, she did. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm glad she did. Yeah. Um, and uh, she, she came from a great family. Great yeah, family. Yeah, no uh, doubt. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so you come when you're 10 or 11 with your mom. Uh, culture shock in a variety of ways, maybe. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the Vietnamese culture, whether that has to do with food or family relationships or kind of uh, nationalistically, like what, what kind of comes from some of that, that might give us some insight into what that culture shock might have felt like. Sure. Um, so I, I came with my mom and um, I remember, go, you know, started going to church and, um, you know, my my. F- extended family so on my, on my side my mom and grandparents and aunts and uncle um i would say that we were buddhist mm-hmm. um and now I, I usually think that even the people in vietnam i would think they're we have religions mm-hmm. but we're not religious okay in the sense that at least from my from observing my family we uh or they don't really practice Hey, we're not going to go to a temple. Okay. We're not really pray. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Now, you know, around this time, there's the the Lunar New Year mm-hmm. that we talked about, um, and it's slightly different with the Vietnamese New Year, but it's around that time is when they typically will go to a temple. And okay. Pray and things like that. But outside of that, that major holiday. Yeah. Um, people are typically just go about their business. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so there's a, in a sense, maybe like a cultural Buddhism. That's not really a religious Buddhism. Right. It's like, uh, yeah, this thing that happens, and we know that people do that, but we're not there weekly or even right. regularly. Right. You mentioned Lunar New Year. Uh, I, I, you and I were talking about this a little while ago. There's, uh, what pe- Most people kind of just lump all of that into what they call Chinese New Year, mm-hmm. but it, it really more has to do with the, the lunar calendar, right? Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, that's actually celebrated in a variety of places. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some of the things even that, so that is even connected to the Buddhist uh, kind of things as well, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, what what were some things when you came here that were, were there things in school that were shocking? Were there uh, just relationships? What are some things that maybe stand out to you that were col- so culturally different? So, um I forgot to mention. So food is a big deal in Vietnam. Okay. Um, it it the 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 ingredients are like the main thing. It's very 
different spices. So like some, you know, like pho is the main one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I haven't had authentic pho in a long time. And oh, yeah, okay. We got a couple of restaurants here that 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 sell like it. Try. That, <laughs> well, that, that sell it, but but they try to substitute other things in there. Okay. And so, and they're trying to Americanize it a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you won't find a lot of enemies in there eating it. Okay. Um, every once in a while, like you know, okay, we'll just go. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> so so adjusting to the food here is is one thing. Um, as I remember, even the first day of school, uh, we had breakfast and I had, had a muffin, like a banana muffin or whatever. I ate it, and when I got to the playground um, later that day, I threw up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Your stomach even, just wasn't used to it. Wasn't used to it. And it even um, my first, when I first landed in America, which is in, um, in L.A., um, when I got off the airplane, I remember it's just a very strong coffee like, uh, oh, smell yeah. hit me. Um, That's interesting. And from there, like it, it would just give me a really bad headache. Um, and then to this day, I, I don't really drink coffee. Hey, yeah, there's two of us, man. I don't drink coffee I, either. I don't, I don't, um, <laughs> Big coffee drinker. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, but there's, there's a third yeah. one at the table that lives differently than you and I. <laughs> I like tea, too. Yeah. Um, so, so that, and then there was, um, and I mentioned it, there was the language barrier as well. Sure. Um, so getting... Uh, now, learning a language to me, if you want to learn any language, just go live in the country. Mm-hmm. You, you're forced to live. It's for me, yeah. I immigrated here, and so if I didn't speak English or learn to speak English, I just wouldn't be able to communicate. Yeah. Um, and it's like I say, it really helps just being surrounded yeah. by the language itself. Um, and even even now, my um, some people ask me, hey, you know, you have Vietnamese, your kids have enemies. Do you, do you want to teach them Vietnamese? I said, well, you know, I try, but it's very hard yeah. when they're surrounded by English mm. and, um, you know, everything they, TV's, Eng- everything's English, yeah. you know. And so me talking to them in Vietnamese, it, it's just a very small percentage sure. of it. And it's just very hard to pick up. Well, so so um, I have a son from India, as you know, and uh, so he's six. And interestingly enough, so he's in ESL classes at school and that kind of stuff. And one of the things his teacher has said is that because he is in an English-speaking family, he is he has picked up, like he's much more fast-paced because the other kids in the ESL classes came with their family, mm-hmm. and so their parents don't speak English yet either. And so he's, like you said, it's his only option. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't speak any of his, you know, heart language, and so. No, nobody around here does actually. So it makes it uh, yeah. very challenging. Um, so you you kind of jokingly said you felt like you were uh, must have been uh, fluent in sixth grade uh, after one year. But how long do you think that really took you to feel like legitimately okay? I'm I'm fluent in that sense. For me, it's right around a year, year and a half. Okay. Um, and like I said, it just when when you're surrounded by it mm-hmm. at school and uh, and things like that, um, it helps. Yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah. Um, it's it's about a year and a half. So when I when I say comfortable, I'm able to speak to you. Sure. In English and, and understand what you're saying. I stopped carrying a dictionary around. So um, when I went to uh, Colonial Heights at first starting on like this, like the summer between fifth and sixth, I went to VBS there. Yeah. Right. Um, I didn't have a Bible, but I carried a dictionary. Mm-hmm. And the the teacher that was leading that thought my dictionary was a Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it really wasn't. It was just a thick old. That's I carried that around with me yeah. for the first year and a half, just so that you can 
translate or do my own translation sure. of, of, of things like that. And so, um, but yeah, like I said, a year, a year and a half is when, um, when I'm just comfortable, just leave the dishing at home. I can talk to you, understand, and things like that. Um, I can, when I watch TV or whatever, I can keep up with the pace of some people speak. You sure. know, sometimes you know, at the beginning, you know, people speak so fast, I can't keep up. Sure. Um, but like I said, a year and a half, and then, the younger you are, I think that it makes a big difference mm-hmm. too. So, uh, kind of shift gears in the sense of tell us a little bit about what it's like being a follower of Christ with uh, an extended family and friends back in Vietnam that are, even if it's a Buddhist by name, right? Maybe not as practicing. Uh, what has that been like for you, and how has that how does that play out? So at, at the beginning of my faith, um, it was a little challenging because uh, so I, I, I made a profession of faith when I was in 10th grade mm-hmm. at, uh, at summer camp in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It was a church camp. And um, I remember going back and telling my mom uh, probably you know a couple of days later when I get home. And it wasn't well received at mm-hmm. first. Sure. It was just, oh, so you're in a new faith. Yeah. Um, and you're not you're not of the family's faith anymore, mm-hmm. right? and and thankfully it was not a, as extreme as I thought it because there there I've have heard of families and family or family friends that um, when you when you switch faith or whatever um, you could be disowned from the family. Yeah, you sure. Know, they just won't talk to you anymore. Um, and so thankfully they they haven't. And so with most of my extended family are here in the United mm-hmm. States and. Um, they know I go to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and so they they usually don't typically call me on Sunday. Okay. Um, or just they call me. Are you are you are you home from church yet? You know, we right. have something we need to talk to you about and things like that. Um, and they see the the positive things that come out of mm-hmm. church. Um, but I wish I could show or just do more than that because they think, oh, when he go to church, he's good. He's a good person. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's about it, right? Um, and and so you know, I, they, to me, they they think I'm a good person because I, I don't drink or smoke or things like that. So by right. that standard, because typically the the men or the males in in, in Vietnam, you can find they're heavy drinker, mm-hmm. heavy smoker, um, and so I don't do none of that. And so, well, you know, well, he church must be working for him, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So for them, there's it. It's still kind of in that works based. Yes. Hey, you're you're so. you're doing the good things, not doing the bad things. So even if you call yourself a Christian, we're fine because you're just doing. You're not harming us, or you know, right. you're you're caring well for your family, those kind of things. Yeah. So, are you? Um, you mentioned your aunt is the one that brought you. Mm-hmm. So she's a follower of Christ, or she did she said, just she thought says to yes, bring but you? She thought well because I see thought it was a good idea because she she worked at the church uh-huh. um, as a daycare worker back in the day, and so um, so like I said, they they see the, the good good the okay. good things that church can do for somebody, mm-hmm. and so like you know what this is yeah bring them there right. Um, so she she says she's a believer, but. Um, in my heart, I don't think she is, uh-huh. and and it's it's a struggle, um, sure, because I I just do believe that I'm the only one in on my side, yeah. That's that's uh, Christ follower, and so 
um, that's, that's one of the struggle personally for me is, yeah. is how do I share that with the family? And I mentioned the language the, the, the language barrier at first with English. Now it's like almost flipped because oh, right. I, I've been here so long. Um, for me to talk about spiritual things in Vietnamese, now I can read them and things like that. Uh-huh. It's fine, but to have a conversation with somebody, yeah, um, like my mom, for example, um, it, it's a little awkward for me. Sure, um, and that's what, a struggle I have. Is, is would I be right in saying so? Like your your Vietnamese kind of uh, stays almost around like a fifth grade level because that's the. I mean, there's. Certainly more, but it's mm-hmm. like it, it stays where it was when you came mm-hmm. because you're not as exposed as you were, whereas English continues to grow and expand as you live in that culture. But then it, it's almost like, OK, well, wherever it was, the language was, it's like that's where it stays. So now it's a fifth grade language or sixth, seventh grade language speaking so that that would be harder to talk about spiritual things. Not that middle schoolers can't talk about that, but in that kind of level. Would that be right? It, that's correct. Um, yeah, cause, because I, normal conversation, I can talk, I can talk to anybody, because, uh-huh. you know, we can carry on a conversation, but when you want to sit down and talk about, like I said, spiritual things and things like that, it, for me, my mind had to think about what words I want to use uh-huh. and how does it make sense? Sure. How does it even flow right in the sentence I'm saying to them? Sure. You know, so. Okay. Um, is there is there anything? I mean, obviously, as I'm as I'm hearing even some of this, I'm thinking, for us as ones who are know you uh, and those again around that, that that don't come to Colonial Heights, uh, I think one thing is is a reminder of our need to pray for you, pray for your family. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to, um, okay, like how how can Tam uh, infuse the gospel into conversations and um, and and knowing that, that you have family that you love and care for, uh, that we would want to see know Christ. And so, um, and another thing that kind of comes to my mind is our need then, the way that we interact with and consider uh, immigrants, right? Uh, when they come to church and when they're uh, bring carrying around a dictionary and when they're whether it's in school or at the church setting and us doing the work of uh, trying to make things easier, not trying, like not just saying, Hey, too bad, figure it out. Um, but I'm, I'm thankful that your aunt brought you here and thankful that you stayed and met your wife and have your kids here with us. And um, what, uh, some of you who don't live around here don't know of this restaurant called Slim Chickens, but on on Sundays uh, they provide cheaper kids meals. Um, I don't remember what the price is, but my family goes there most Sundays because it's cheaper, and so does Tams, and so uh, that is like our regular spot to to catch up uh, uh, over the week. And so it's like I might not even see him at church, like in the hallway, but then at I know I'll catch him at Slim's, <laughs> and so uh, it's a. I, I love his kids. Always give me a high five or fist bump, and uh, always so thankful for that. Um, do you have other things you might add to this, or Taylor? Did you have anything you you were curious about in in all of this? It's okay if you didn't. I was just. Um, I 
I guess I was a little bit curious, but knowing that you left in fifth grade, I don't know, uh, but you might, you might know. I was just curious if there is like a Christian presence in Vietnam at all. And if there is, is it small or is it something that's growing or do you know? Um, there, there is, and but it is a very small um, presence. Yeah. And uh, the reason I ask, so my wife's cousin works with FCA and um, or FCA International. Yeah. And he's we've been communicating some, and and he shared with me what what FCA has been doing in Vietnam. And but it's like it's a very very small presence for sure. Um, and like I said, it, it's for me. Like I said, the people. Were, they have religions over there, but they're not very religious. It's it's kind of like, you know, if something bad happens, you mean you you must have done something bad, you yeah, know, for that happen to you. Right. Or even the, the or even what's more confusing than is if they think you're a good person and something bad happened to you. Now they're trying to figure mm-hmm. out what did, so what did you do that, mm-hmm. that, that for that to happen to you? Right. Um, so it's very well, works based. We use the Stratus Index, uh, which kind of tells us the reachedness of a country. And according to Stratus, Vietnam is number 66 on the kind of the unreached scale. So they, they would kind of fall. If you think red is like Afghanistan, green is the U S on, on the reachedness, yellow, orange kind of in between there, they are like in that yellowish orange category. So they're going to, I mean, which you might be able to validate that, but uh, so there is a presence there. It is available there. Mm-hmm. So that means, uh, but there are also, I was looking, there are um, a lot more people groups there than you might realize. So there's about uh, 10% that would say they're Christian, but but there's really only like two and a half percent that would be qualified as evan- evangelical. So like Christian's going to encompass uh, it's going to be broader. Eastern Orthodox Catholicism is all going to be in that too. Whereas uh, evangelical, obviously, that number drops significantly. People that are actually sharing the gospel, uh, wanting those things to to be spread. Right. But there is, um, for the most part, there is. Uh, it is it is reached, meaning that it, there are, there is a Bible. There is there are believers. There is a church there. Um, so for the for the most part, just seeing that as well. I, I, I thought this was really cool. It was just a few weeks ago that we as a church were praying for Vietnam, mm-hmm. which means the kids got their flag, and uh, their your your boys had your little girl didn't quite get uh, the the flag yet, but um, <laughs> but they had them like on their backpack and were pumped that they had gotten uh, the awesome. the Vietnamese flag. Yeah. That was that was a part of them. So. That's yeah. a huge, yeah, huge they, blessing. Uh, we got a uh, multicultural nights coming up at school. Yeah. And so um, th- I'm bringing some artifacts yeah. to the school, uh, some Vietnamese money, um, and that's a traditional dress. They call it yai, which is like basically a long dress that okay. you see a lot of the women would wear. And so my mom has one of those. So I'm going to bring it to the school and yeah. show it off to them. So. That's awesome. That is so cool. That's good. Yeah. Well, I certainly think we have a lot for us to think about and things to pray about for you and your family. And so I, I really appreciate you taking time to, to be on this today. I, I learned some things I didn't know for sure. Yeah, and I absolutely. hope, I hope that it was helpful to others as well. 
Thank you for listening to the Christ and All podcast. If this episode has piqued your interest or been helpful, you can subscribe and share this on your favorite social media platform or directly with your friends and family. So thanks for listening.